you um, turn to 2 Timothy 4, um, verses 1 to 8, and uh, reading from the NIV version. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screens, the front and back. It says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, would award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Well, good morning, church. I trust you're well, and uh, I trust that you're all um, remaining faithful to the Lord who has called us out of darkness uh, into the kingdom of his Son, and I I really mean that. I pray that we would um, be faithful to our Saviour. I'll make sure I've got my foot. Yeah, this morning... um, Something you may have known me. My name is Byron Lewis. I work with London City Mission. Uh, London City Mission is a evangelistic uh, organisation. This uh, centre or the building, the funding is all about evangelism. And so this morning, I want to talk about um, evangelism, uh, in particular, a heart for evangelism. I use the word evangelism. And uh, I don't know what your first initial thoughts or reactions when I use that word, evangelism or evangelist. Perhaps in your spirit you said, whoopee, great, hallelujah. <laughs> going to talk about evangelism. This is what I like. I want to learn more. Uh, I need uh, to know more. Uh, I love sharing uh, the gospel. Um, then perhaps I would say that you have a heart for evangelism. Or perhaps you said in your spirit, oh dear, (laughs) Mm, evangelism, don't quite like that, not quite want to share my faith with others, Um, not sure about, you know, changing people from one faith to another. Um, Then perhaps I might say you might not have such a heart for uh, evangelism. Or perhaps you have a a range of initial thoughts. Perhaps you're hostile to it. Perhaps you're indifferent to it. Or perhaps you're just curious. And in our uh, passage, uh, we do hear that that, that words, uh, do the work of an evangelist. 
And I just want to share a story about someone who did uh, the work of an evangelist. He was a young man. Um, he came to faith through um, reading the book of the evangelists. That means um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, he continued to read um, through the, the New Testament. And um, he gave his heart to the Lord. And he went out and began uh, preaching, sharing the gospel, but on a condition that God would not send him to church. And so this young man would go out preaching to people, sharing, sometimes wisely, sometimes not so wisely, um, clubs, pubs. And then um, there was an opportunity that he came across a gentleman who was a Christian, and he shared the faith with him. And the gentleman turned around and said, well, uh, what church do you go to? And he said, well, I don't go to church, I don't need to go to church. And he was challenged and said, well, how can you be a true Christian and not go to church? And um, he realized that there was something missing, looking through the gospel, that God had called us to a body and not to our own. And so he had to uh, face... Um, the fact of being a part of a body of a church. And uh, in, many, in many ways, he had much trepidation. He wasn't sure whether the church itself would have the same heart for evangelism. And so he went into a church, and what did he find? Not many had a heart for evangelism, but thank God there were few who had a heart for evangelism. And so that's going to be my talk um, this morning. But before we look at the passage, I'd like to pray and then um, go through the the passage. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would, um, yeah, really glorify uh, your name this morning, Lord. Father, I pray that, Lord, there will be less of me and more of your words. Father, I pray that, Lord, that we would just be like instruments. Father, help me to be faithful with your word. Help me to glorify you. Lord, um, this building, our name, is about your glory. So we're looking to uh, glorify you, Lord. Father, still any nerves, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, that what would be communicated would be for your glory. In Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, water. Okay, so our passage, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 8. Um, just a, a brief context. Um, it's taken from um, the, the, the second book of Timothy. Um, it's written by Paul, Paul the Apostle, and uh, it's um, addressed to Timothy. And uh, if we maybe, um, we get a a sense of, um, this is where uh, Paul, the Apostle, is basically in prison. If we turn to 2 Timothy 1, verses um, 8. Well, in that that passage, he talks about that he is in prison. Don't need to um, uh, turn. All right. So he says, do not be ashamed of uh, the testimony about our Lord or me his prisoner. So uh, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy in prison, and that's quite important. And so 
I'm going to just briefly go through the, the passage because I want to focus on um, the, the, the phrase uh, and the word um, in verse 5 um, about doing the work of an evangelist. So basically this uh, passage is Paul writing to Timothy and in the aspect he talks about that he's going to uh, basically die. He's going to he prophetically realizes that he, his life is going to be poured out, verse 6. He says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. And that departure is his life, his death. He's given up his life. So if you can understand that um, uh, Paul is about to die, and he wants to bring over certain things to Timothy, his son, in the faith, and he shares with him uh, things uh, just briefly. I'm just going to quickly go through. He gives him a charge, and that charge is in the presence of the eternal God. He talks about um, preaching the word in season out season. And then also he talks about um, certain people um, who won't uh, continue in the truth. It says in verse 3, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship. And it is in this context also, he says, do the work of an evangelist. And I want to bring uh, a number of points over. I want to say that Paul, uh, the apostle, he had a heart for uh, evangelism. Oh, yeah, I just to make sure I've got to bring some context into this. Um, I've got here a heart for evangelism. And so I just want to say, when I say, what I mean by a heart, I want to clarify that. A heart is something that I'm saying that something was within us, but it's not dormant, that's what I'm trying to bring across, that it's something that is going to be expressed. So when I say a heart for evangelism, uh, it means that you know, you, you're thinking about it positively, you're praying about it, you're getting involved, uh, you want to learn, you're doing it, you're encouraging those who want to um, do evangelism. It's something that is within you but coming out. And also when um, I speak about um, uh, evangelism, um, that word evangelism isn't used in the the Bible. Um, The nearest is the word evangelist. We see it in verse 6, no, verse 5, where in our passage where Paul uh, charges Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. But in the Bible, um, so I'm talking about evangelism, which I, or the Oxford Dictionary has defined as spreading the gospel by public preaching or personal witness. And that's taken from the Oxford Dictionary. And so in terms of evangelists, we can look at um, Acts 21.8. Philip, he is designated as an evangelist. Don't really need to turn to it because I'm just giving some sort of context when I talk about evangelism. Uh, and he appeared to be going from city to city preaching the word. Uh, 
And in particularly when I'm talking about evangelism and we look at um, Philip, the evangelist, he was speaking mainly to those outside the church. Quite important. Proclaiming, preaching outside um, the church. So evangelism is basically preaching, preaching the gospel. And also evangelism, and I've taken this from the Eastern Bible Dictionary, Evangelism is communicating the gospel message, which includes a warning, an explanation, and a call. Evangelism includes warning people about sin and consequences of sin. I'm going to quote a few script verses. don't need to turn to it. It's seen in John 16, 8, Acts 24, 25. As I said, it includes an explanation of God's remedy for sin, which is the gospel, we see that in Acts 8, 29, 35. And it includes the clear call to repent, i.e. to turn from sin and to turn towards God and believe the gospel by faith. And we see that in Mark 1, 15, Luke 13, 1 to 5. So those are the aspects of evangelism. Calling people, warning, explaining and seeking to them to repent, and also to those outside the church. And finally, which is quite important when I'm going to talk about this morning, is that I have a heart for evangelism, and often evangelists, we, we, we would stress evangelism. And often there's a reason why, because often it isn't stressed. <laughs> So, you know, people are on one side of the boat, and so it's tilting that way. So, obviously, we're going to move over and tilt it the other way. And it's like a coin. You know, if someone's always shouting about the heads, the heads, heads, heads. Well, I'm going to come up and talk about the heads. I'm going to be stressing the tails, the tails and the tails. And why I say that is that in the context, I do understand that if in our passage that in the context of what's going on, that obviously Paul is, um, or Timothy is charged to preach the word in season and out of season. And there is a pastoral aspect of that, um, that people within the congregation are going to turn away from the faith. People are going to come in and slip in and, and move them away. So, so obviously he has a heart for the congregation. That's a pastoral issue. But within all this, he does say, do the work of an evangelist. So I'm going to, not the pastoral side, but the, I'm focusing on the evangelist side. So that's the context of what I'm saying. I'm going to be stressing. And I know that sometimes we as evangelists, we, we often do stress it sometimes rightly and sometimes wrongly. Um, rightly, if we're not doing evangelism, we want to stress that. But other time, it's important that I don't... Um, presume that you yourself would have that same heart for evangelism or have that same gifting or expect you to have that same um, gifting of evangelism because we all have uh, much gifts. So yeah, going back to the point, heart for evangelism. Paul has a heart for evangelism. It is he, in our passage, verse 5, tells Timothy, in that context... In the context of him about to die, about to pass away, he's got so many things on his mind. You know, if we go back in the, 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 the passage, you'll hear about 
Paul, you know, he was an apostle. So he had a burden, not of just one church, but of many churches. He's a pastor of many churches. The burden of it all. And this is in the context as he's about to pass away, about to die. He's seen Timothy. What's on his mind? Lots of things on his mind, but also the aspect of evangelism. He tells him, do the work of an evangelist. Paul's not a hypocrite. Paul doesn't say, do the work of an evangelist, and he himself don't do it. Um, Sadly, I could say many things through prayer, and I know I wouldn't be actually really praying, but Paul is a living example, so you... (laughs) Don't sort of look at me. Look at a person who possibly lives it, really lives it. And so when he says do the work of man, he himself is an evangelist. And we see that if, we, if you can turn to Romans fifteen twenty, where Paul uh, basically says, it has always been my ambition to preach, which is, what, preach the gospel, which is the work of an evangelist, where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. This apostolic work of Paul included evangelism. An apostle always evangelizes. An evangelist might not, or would, might not be an apostle, but an apostle always, when building a church, has to uh, evangelize. So Paul has a heart for evangelism. And I pray that this morning when we look, so much of Paul's life was about preaching the gospel, that we may take heart that he was a preacher of the gospel. He loved evangelism. He had it in his body. Woe is me if I don't preach, he talks about in Corinthians. This is his heart. This is something upon his burden. And Paul, in our um, in our passage, he's speaking to someone. He's speaking to a person uh, called Timothy. Timothy, his son in the faith. Um, and I would suggest that Timothy um, doesn't, at this point, have a heart for evangelism. And why I say that? Basically because, well, first of all, um, Paul has to tell him, do the work of an evangelist. I work for a mission organization. I think, well, <laughs> if they have to keep on telling us, do the work of an evangelist, it's probably not there. It's not, it's, not, it's not in my heart. Also, we can intimate that in our passage, when he talks about preach, preach the word, he, he informs him, so preach the word, verse 2, He says, be prepared in season and out of season. I don't know what kind of context that is in terms of what the season, where there was was a season of preaching or season when there wasn't preaching. Nevertheless, we know that that there's no season where there is no preaching. We are to preach the word. And And he encourages Timothy his son in the faith, 
to preach the word. And that is because Timothy, in a sense, did not have a heart for evangelism. And we know that through... um, I'm making sure I don't lose my train of thoughts. We know that in, uh, if we go back, yeah, 2 Timothy 2, I think, 1 to 7. So I can't get it on my app. I've got a new reading. If you can go. 3 to um, 8. Give it a bit of context. Yeah, 2 Timothy. So Paul saying, this is in the same letters. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, were they care conscious as night as day. I constantly remember you in my prayers, recording your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, he says, I remind you, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. For the spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That is Paul a father of Timothy, that is his, his passion, that is plea. He had Timothy, had the gift, but he had a timid spirit. And he was encouraging him to fan into that flame. And he wouldn't need to do that if he himself had a heart for evangelism. Perhaps... You might be like a Timothy. You may have that gift lying dormant. Perhaps someone may need to fan into flame the gift, that burning within you. And I pray that it could be obviously many gifts, but again, I'm talking about evangelism, so I want to be talking about maybe there's a gift for you to bring out into evangelism, to, to fan into the flame that wonderful gift of sharing. Now, although uh, Timothy himself might not have had a heart for evangelism, one thing I like about this text, and I, I want to try and get back to my point. Yeah, one thing I like about this text. And it really, really gives me encouragement that he, who had a heart for evangelism, Paul, is seeking to transfer, transfer or encourage he who does not have a heart for evangelism. So Paul, as I said, has a heart for evangelism. Timothy maybe not so much have a heart for evangelism. Paul, nevertheless, Paul gives the instruction to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. And again, I want just to see in the context of what and how he says this. This is in the context when 
The time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. They're going to turn to uh, myths. This is a time that um, Timothy, if he does an evangelist outreach and he's going to preach the gospel, it's not going to be a, it's not the, the halcyon days of the time when the, the first church, when 3,000 came to the Lord. It's not when we think about the time that, like in the 50s, when we could do, um, run a Sunday school and loads of kids would come in. It's not the, the type of, you know, when you think about people, when they talk about evangelism, they go to like third, like, well, I use that word, third world countries where people are hungry and the gospel, and, you, and you're seeing people say, this isn't, the, this isn't that season. This is a season when it's going to be dry and barren. And this is the time he's seeking Timothy to embrace the work of an evangelist, to get that heart of an evangelist, when people aren't going to listen. When even in the church is going to go away. And even in aspect of he has the concern that people within the church are going to leave. Now, Timothy could have said a number of things. He could have said, well, Paul, I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor or I'm a, I'm a bishop. That's my role. That's my function. But he isn't. He's been called to do the work of an evangelist. He could also say, no, I'm needed here amongst the, the, the congregation, souls. You know, they've been... You know, there's people coming in the flock. People are going to turn away to myths. What about them? Shouldn't my focus be on them? In that context, he says, do the work of an evangelist. Paul is seeking to encourage Timothy and us because uh, I couldn't find the passage, but when Timothy, when Paul gives instructions to Timothy, and I can't remember the passage, but it is there, that he's telling Timothy to take this instruction, but you to pass this on. So the work of evangelism isn't just for Timothy. I just want to make sure you know that, because I can't find that passage. It, but it's to be passed down, the work of evangelists. So, yeah, yeah, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and finally, I just want my, my last thought, because this is about a heart for evangelism and probably the, probably the, the, the key thing behind um, my message and my talk that when we talk about heart for evangelism, I can say with great confidence and put my hand up, <laughs> our God has a heart for evangelism. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Our God, our God has a heart for evangelism. Regardless of uh, maybe of the Timothys, mothers, those who don't, our Lord God has a heart. And even in our passage, when uh, Paul instructs Timothy, 
and we look, go in verse 5 about the charge of doing the work of Evangelist. He places it, firstly, in the presence of God. The charge of the work of Evangelist is placed in the presence of God. The whole context of this, in the presence of our God, the, the calling, our great God, our great Saviour. Not only that, it's in the, uh, it talks about, it talks about Jesus and in Jesus, in Jesus appearing. So it says, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and and in view of his appearing, Christ coming back. And Christ isn't appear, isn't going to appear, or he's appearing, or he's coming back until we have evangelized the nations. You want to know when God's Christ going to appear and come? When we've finished evangelizing to the nations. Matthew twenty four fourteen. If you could put that up on the the text, that would really help, (laughs) just so that I can bring some context to this. Yeah, Matthew 24, 14. The words of Jesus, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached, you can say, evangelized, to the whole world as a testimony to all nations And then, and then the end will come. It is God who spoke through Jesus, his son, in Mark 16, 15, where he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Again, it is God in Ephesians 4.11, through Christ Jesus, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists. God, our God, has a heart for evangelism. And shouldn't we have a heart too for evangelism? If God's heart is for evangelism, now, I shared at the beginning about a young man who um, went around preaching and had a heart for evangelism and came into the church and um, was uh, encouraged that some uh, evangelized and then there were others who didn't evangelize. And largely, most of the people didn't have a heart for evangelism. Uh, and that young man is uh, myself. I'm no longer a young man. I'm, old, I'm a lot older. <laughs> well, young at heart. But one of the, the drives in my heart for evangelism was always the indignation that we, and I'm saying we as a church, that we didn't really have the heart for evangelism. And it's almost like I was sort of like wanting to balance the book. It was my drive was, you know, Lord, we're not really that much evangelist, so I'm going to give you more because our you know, we're not 
you know, really committed as a whole for evangelism. But over the years, I've been able to reflect on God's heart for evangelism. And it's big. No words, no words, no words, brothers and sisters, can understand God's heart for evangelism. No words, no words, can't share. I've reflected and reflected many times on how God keeps his hand, sorry, I'm not playing, I just see it, keeps his hand to us. And many times we're moving, moving, but God's hand is still there, still persevering, still wants to reach out to the, gen- to the people around us. In, in, our, in our passage, you know, it talks about the fact that the time will come when people won't put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and aside to myths. God has been compassionate and has a heart for evangelism. In spite of the fact that the church has many Timothys who really keep it in, who those are the ones he's using, who, who don't really want to go out and, and preach. But God is patiently continuing with that. He continues to preach even though, and continues to use people and have a heart for evangelism, even though the congregation or people may turn away to myths, won't put up with sound doctrine, yet still the call is there because God has a heart for evangelism. And I pray, I pray this morning, and I'm going to finish on, on, on one thing, but I do pray that, you know, me being here, I know it wasn't a polished talk, and that, but I really pray that we, as the church, we are to do the work of an evangelist, not those outside. It's only we who have Christ in us can preach Christ. It's us And we have the Spirit of Christ. It is in you who have been called, who are living for Christ. That Spirit is in you. And if I can just take us to um, Genesis 3, verse 14 and 15. I'm going to read. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust and and all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. I repeat verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That last verse 
is what they call the Proto-Evangelium. I think that's the word. And it's the first mention of the gospel. And who proclaims that? God. God proclaims the gospel. God evangelizes. If God has a heart for evangelism, should not we? Okay, we pray. Father, I pray that, Lord, I know that this wasn't a polished talk, but Lord, I pray that, Lord, the essence of what you're saying about the heart for um, evangelism would uh, be on each of our our souls. Lord, help us if we are uh, like Timothy, that we have many um, objections or our whole spirit is not towards that. Help us to realize what evangelism and the consequences of it is. That in our text, that there is a, a thing that we will face the judgment. It talks about in view of Christ appearing and his kingdom. Lord, I pray that um, this morning, Lord, that, yeah, you will place a, a heart for evangelism within each one here. I pray, Lord, that that will come out, Lord, in a sense that we would get behind all uh, the work uh, within this place, within uh, the church here. That, Lord, whatever form that we look into outreach, whether it's with the, the youth, the youth work, um, whether it's the, the Saturday outreach, whether it's myself going door to door, whether it's with the food service, Lord, as um, people from the outside come in and connect. Help us, Lord, to see that your heart is to want to proclaim the gospel in particular to those who don't want to know. I do pray, Lord, from the bottom of my heart, Lord, that you'll help us to have this heart that you have. This heart, Lord, that expresses itself in us as you opened the way to heaven to us. And if you've done it to us, Lord, you'll do it to others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.